Good job. I like that. Thank y'all so much. If you have your Bible this morning, turn with me to 1 Samuel 18. 1 Samuel 18. It's over in the Old Testament. It's on page 309 in my Bible. I don't know where, where it is in yours. We're going to look at the first few verses. After David had finished talking with Saul, he met with Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond of love between them, and they became the best of friends. From that day on, Saul kept David with him at the palace and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a special vow to be David's friend, and he sealed the pact by giving him his robe, his tunic, his sword, his bow, and his belt. Spiritual excellence is not about ascending the ladder of leadership in bright lights and headlines and great success. It's about getting on the ladder of humility to servanthood. All of us have to understand that eventually. If we're going to do a mighty service for the Lord Jesus Christ, everybody initially has a tough time figuring that principle out. But as you come to church, as you go to Bible study, as you interface with Christian folks, it becomes a part of what we do. And gradually we learn and grow and develop in the Lord. You just don't come to that understanding Uh, in a clear way one day, just accidentally. It happens gradually as you yield yourself to him. We need a good Christian friend to care about us, to counsel us, to guide us, to help us understand Christianity better. Many people move into the Sun City Center area and they leave behind them many long-term, deep, close friends, and they come here and they say, well, you know, I've had all those friends, and now they're there, and I'm here, and so they sometimes just kind of go ahead by themselves. Well, wherever we are, we need a strong, close Christian friend to walk with us, to visit with us, to pray with us, to help guide us, and so that we can have a ministry with them. Friendship is so, so important. This morning I want to talk with you about what about our friends. Slade and Sherman sat across from each other on a train compartment. They were on their way to Bowlesville, Alabama. Does anybody know where that is? I don't either. They exchanged niceties, and then Slade asked Sherman, Do you live in Bowlesville, Alabama? And Sherman said, Yes, I do. Live there all my life. I just love it there. Do you happen to know a man in Bowlesville named Chad Smith? Chad Smith the grocer, Sherman said. Of course I know him. I know him like I know myself. 
Slade asked, well, what kind of a person is he? Sherman said, well, I can tell you what kind of a person Chad is. He is uh, an old grump. He has a temper like an old goat. Slade asked him, well, is he dishonest? Well, Sherman said, the scales in his store are fixed. So he always makes a, a big profit. And he beats his poor wife uh, black and blue. And he's mean to the kids. And he disrespects old people. Slade was just shocked at that. And he said, well, how can you be sure of all of those dreadful things that you've just told me? Sherman answered, well, who would know better? I'm his best friend. <laughs> you know, a story like that is uh, not that hard to believe today. For we're living in a troubling day for friendships, especially for men. A recent study concluded that one man in five has a close, close friend. Nothing needs to be recovered in American society today as the friendship factor. We all need that. Every person in that room, in this room today, needs that. David also needed a friend, and he found one in an unlikely place. He found Jonathan, son of King Saul, and he became became David's very best friend. The story of their relationship enlightens us on the meaning of friendship today. Now, I'm not talking about a working associate that you have. I'm not talking about a neighbor that you have. I'm not talking about somebody uh, that you meet regularly in, in the course of your day's activities. I'm talking about a person that you are real, real close to that you can say anything to, and they can say anything to you. And there's a trust level between the two of you. Well, what's the definition of friendship? Webster defines a friend as a person whom one knows and is fond of. A quip defines a friend as someone who steps in when the rest of the world steps out. The biblical writer provides the best definition of the friendship between Jonathan and David. He explained that the soul, look at verse 1 in our text. He explains that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as himself. Today, uh, we would probably say they bonded with each other. That's how we would uh, say it today. That bonding is a real key to true friendship. There are four different levels of relationships we experience with various people in our lives. There's a minimal relationship. That's where we say, sure is hot today. And, well, are you having a good day? Well, the, the Rays won yesterday. You wouldn't be able to say that every day, but <laughs> sort of simple, surfaced, uh, level, verbal interaction, which is usually pleasant. Then there's moderate relationships. These go beyond the minimal 
relationships by including the element of an emotional attachment. This would be like something that you would have with your barber or your beautician. You get to know them over the years. You always talk when you're in there, and you get to know something about their family, and if their family is is hurt or in an accident or something like that, and they tell you, you have a genuine concern for them. Well, that's emotional support that we are willing to give. Then there are strong relationships, and you add here another element. Strong relationships develop what we become involved with people by helping them in tangible ways. In strong relationships, when there is a real need, we step in the gap and we give them whatever it is they need. And if, and if we fall, they step in the gap and help us, and we accept it. And then there's a fourth level. There are quality relationships, quality friendships. This adds the element of a loving trust. At this level, we can reveal our inner needs, our inner thoughts, our inner feelings with confidence. Now, don't raise your hand, but do you have a friendship like that here? It's very, very important that you do. True friendship is found at that fourth level. Friendship connects us in quality relationships with other individuals to whom we give emotional support, for whom we provide help, and with whom we share our deepest needs and thoughts. We need such friendships for several reasons. We need friends for structure in our lives. A relationship thread is woven into the fabric of our society. This is part of what it means to be created in the image of God. God is a relational, covenant-making God. We are relational, covenant-making people. Friendship provides to us the structure that we need for our lives. We need friends also for support. The Bible says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is no one there to lift them up. No one can make it through this life alone. You just can't do it by yourself. So you might as well develop a strong personal relationship with someone that you give emotional, relational, uh, spiritual strength to and receive from. We must have the support of friends. We need friends for sharing. When God looked at man, he said, it's not good that a man should be alone. Genesis 2.18. Everyone needs someone with whom they can share their feelings and their fears. Trying to stand alone is a lonely and difficult experience. The relationship between friends, then, is an essential element of life. What's the difficulty 
of friendship. Well, if friendships are so important, why do so few of us uh, have them? Because several barriers block those relationships. One barrier is humanity. The teacher said to one of her students, Jay, suppose you loan Ralph there beside you $100, and he's supposed to pay you back $10 a week. After seven weeks, how much money would you have? Jay said, nothing. (laughs) Nothing, the teacher said. Son, you don't know very much about math. Jay responded, you don't know much about Ralph. (laughs) Anyone who says developing friendships is easy doesn't know much about Ralph or Billy or Betty or Susie. Uh, Within human nature, there is a tendency toward self-centeredness. There is a streak of selfishness in everyone. Every one of us that are here this morning. It makes it difficult for us to become involved in a relationship with another person which demands emotional support and help and transparency. One of the remarkable things about the relationship between David and Jonathan is that they change their focus from self to the other. They were willing to be totally honest with each other. Another barrier could be mobility. Transience has become a way of life for Americans. One out of five households changes its address each year. I'm changing my address this week. We have moved from the north to the south. We have moved from the country to the city. This affects the development of friendships in two ways. First, you don't really have time to make a deep, lasting friendship. And secondly, you think to yourself, well, now, if I give a lot of time and effort to a relationship with him or her, you know, they're probably going to move, or I'm probably going to move, or they might die, or they might get sick, they might be in a nursing home. You know, it's just not worth the effort. David moved from one place to another, yet David and Jonathan were able to make the most of the time that they had together. And they built a strong, strong friendship. A third barrier is activity. An executive retired after 40 years in the corporate world, and the first Monday morning of his retirement, his wife got up, as she always had, fixed him two eggs over easy, sausage, and toast, just like she always had. He looked at the eggs and he said, you know, I don't like my eggs cooked like this. She said, well, honey, I've been frying them over easy for you every day for 40 years. Why didn't you say something about this before now? He said, well, I guess I just never had the time. You know, that's the problem with most of us. We don't have the time 
to talk out our feelings and our desires with the other person. Jonathan and David faced the same pressure of busyness, yet they found time to develop a meaningful relationship with each other. If we will think about it, each of us can recall friendships that uh, were we alluded because of humanity, mobility, or activity. These are the barriers which come up, which make it so difficult for us to inject ourselves into a friendship factor with another human being. Thirdly this morning, there's the demand of friendship. You may be beginning to realize, well, you know, I'm, I've just been here four or five weeks, or I've just been here six months, or I've just been here five years, but it's really time for me to develop some very deep friendships with folks uh, uh, around me uh, in the neighborhood here or in activities that I, it's time for me to really uh, get to be close to some folks. What are the demands of friendship? Well, we can learn some of those from David and Jonathan. Friendship demands consecration. The Bible says, Then Jonathan made a covenant with David, verse 3, because he loved him as himself. David and Jonathan decided to be friends, and they put that very, very high on their priority list. They said, this is important to both of us. We're going to make this happen. This is of crucial importance to both of us. And they made a covenant with each other, to be a true and loyal friend. This is still true about friendship today. Significant relationship comes to those who assign them enough importance to cultivate the relationship. Friendship demands contribution. The Bible says, verse 4, Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that he had on, gave it to David with his armor, including his sword, his bow, and his belt. He gave it to David. He gave to him the symbols of his position. David, being from a poor family, could not reciprocate in material things, but he said this to Jonathan, I'm going to give you my friendship forever. This is still true about friendship today. Friendship will cost you something. At the most awkward time, your friend needs attention. They demand a willingness to give of what we are and what we have to another person. Friendship demands communication. The Bible says, so Jonathan and David uh, saying, Saul, my Father is seeking to put you to death. Please be on guard in the morning. He's going to try and kill you in the morning. And stay in a secret place. Stay quiet. Stay low. Hide yourself. If I find out anything, then I'll tell you about it. Jonathan and David shared things with each other. Jonathan found out if his dad was trying to kill David in some particular time or place. And he'd tell David. David would go and hide. When David had questions about Saul's plans, he would ask Jonathan. He'd say, what about this? What about that? And Jonathan would tell him. 
This is still true about friendship today. Dr. Paul Turnier had a patient once who told him, you know, I can really open up with you because you understand me. No, Dr. Turnier replied, it's the other way around. I understand you because you open up with me. I understand you because you are an important person and you have opened up your heart and your mind. And I'm able to help because of that. Friendships are built and developed in the context of communication. Friendship demands consideration. The Bible says, Then Jonathan said to David, Whatever you say, I will do for you. Jonathan and David did not just talk about their friendship. They demonstrated it. They put feet to it. They did the things that you would do for the number one friend that you would ever have. This is still true about friendship today. You remember the old joke, the comedian said, uh, there's nothing Joe wouldn't do for me, and there's nothing I wouldn't do for Joe, so Joe and I have gone through life doing nothing for each other. (laughs) Well, the opposite is true of genuine friendship. Genuine friendship. Friends go through life doing everything they can for the other person. Friendship demands commiseration. The Bible says, when Jonathan was gone, David rose from the south side and fell on his face to the ground and bowed three times. And they kissed each other and wept together, but David the more. The demonstration of their feeling for each other and the expression of their emotion was an essential part of the relationship that they had. You know, sometimes it's it's very difficult for you to hug, uh, be close to somebody of the same sex. But you know what? When you have a deep abiding friendship and a strong love for that person, uh, you can do it. You can demonstrate how deeply you care about them. The same is true in relationships today. Friendships will never go beyond surface relationships until we are willing to express our true feelings about them. Friendship demands consolation. The Bible says, And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David at Horish and encouraged him in God. Isn't that a great statement? A wonderful phrase. Jonathan encouraged David in God. There was... The expression of their friendship at the best at that moment. The same is true of friendship today. Anyone who helps another person stay on his feet and keep going is a true friend. This is why developing friendship is so difficult. Because friendship is demanding. It demands consecration, contribution, communication, consideration, commiseration, and consolation. It demands all of those things. And we have to give that if we're going to have a deep and abiding friendship. A great scholar once was asked, what is the secret of your life? And he said, I had a great friend. The truth is demonstrated in David's relationship with Jonathan. But David's story also reveals a deeper truth. To have a friend, you have to be a friend. 
Now, if you think that you can sit at home and not get out and talk to people and get to know people and become involved in people, and people are just going to line up at your door to be your friend, you're wrong. To have a friend, you've got to be a friend. You've got to put yourself out there a little bit and relate to some folks. And finally, you, you kind of realize, well, this person, I really like them, and they seem to like me. And you can develop a strong friendship with that person. David and Jonathan had one of the most beautiful uh, relationships that is depicted anywhere in the Word of God. This morning, I want to tell you about somebody that's uh, been your friend, the Lord Jesus. He gave his life. You can't give any more than that. He gave his life for you. He wants to be your friend. And this morning, as we gather together, if there's someone in the house that have never, never trusted in Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that today would be the day. If you'd like to come and join our church, we'd love to have you. We would love to have you. Just slip forward. Take a stand for him. I'll be waiting on you right here at the front. Let's stand as we sing together. I can hear my sin.